No Simple Road is stoked to have Sunset Lake CBD back with us as our sponsor. Sunset Lake is the real deal. If you've looked around trying to find CBD and it just didn't do what it was supposed to do, this is the place you need to go. They've got every kind of product you can imagine, including CBD tinctures with sleep gummies that are great for getting to bed, CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews that can help bring you a little bit of calm in a stressful day. They've got salve. They've got smokable hemp flower that's great for folks like me that don't want to get stoned and paranoid, but want to have the benefits of cannabis. Well, now you got it. And they even carry CBD products for your pets, man. I'm saying this is Darwin approved stuff. Go over to sunsetlakecbd.com and check out the full range of what they have. This is Vermont grown right to your door and they're giving you 20% off. So put in the promo code NSR20 when you're checking out. You're going to get 20% off your whole order. And I know you're going to love it. They even have subscription options open for you. So you don't forget to get your medicine. Go check out Sunset Lake CBD, everybody. Hey, everyone. Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters here to let you know that my podcast Inside the Musician's Brain is back on the airwaves for season four, which means it's time once again to get deep with influential musicians from all across the musical landscape to really understand and translate the lessons of success, failure, inspiration and hard work that are behind the music and the artists that we love. My guests this season include Rachel Price from Lake Street Dives, Sam Bush, Chris Wood, Chris Funk from The Decemberists, Lindsay Liu, MC Taylor from His Golden Messenger, and more. Check us out, and thanks for listening. We're so excited to tell you a bit about today's sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They are a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Music Masters Collective events give you the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Otil Burbridge, Steve Earle, Richard Thompson, former members of the band, the Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, the Fab Foe, and Sean Colvin, and so many more. At an event like the Milk Carton Kids Sad Song Summer Camp, happening this July, you can expect immersive classes, evenings of entertainment, excellent food, and a space for a lucky group of folks to learn, co-write, workshop, and perform with like-minded peers, all with the guidance of Kenneth Pattengale, Joey Ryan, and some of their favorite songwriters. This all-inclusive week in the Catskill Mountains of upstate New York is guaranteed to be magical. Scholarships are available and spots are extremely limited. So visit www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple to learn more. That's www.sadsongsummercamp.com forward slash simple. Check it out. Hey, this is Chris Pandolfi from the infamous String Dusters, and this podcast is part of the Osiris podcast family. Osiris is a growing community of music and culture podcasts connecting music fans with conversation, commentary, and music. 
Osiris works in partnership with Relics. Check them out for all kinds of new music, news, and information. Osiris. Wow. All right. Far out. Let's do this. Happy Father's Day, guys. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Thank you. Happy Father's Day, all you fathers. This is your day. This is the one day that you get credit for all the shit you do. That's it. One day. Yep. Now go cook some shit. Barbecue. Get to work. There's things to fix. <laughs> yeah. We said thanks. Now go make us some food. I was looking at, or I was watching a commercial for Father's Day stuff. It's weird that, like, Mother's Day commercials, <clears throat> it's... <clears throat> It's always like buy these diamonds for twelve thousand dollars, and for Father's Day, it's like get this nose trimmer for eleven dollars. Yeah, <laughs> and have you ever noticed that like Dad on TV is always a bumbling idiot? Oh yeah, yeah. Dad can't do shit right. Mm-mm. Very very strange. That's not how it is here. Not at all. Well, uh, well, okay, okay. A, a tiny we're, bit of a bumbling okay, we're idiot. We're all bumbling but- idiots. <laughs> 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 One big ball of bumbling idiots. But you know what? We bumble well together, guys. These are the coolest bumbling the idiots more bumbling I've ever idiots, stumbled yeah. across. And we pull it together. We cover yeah. up for other ones. For sure. Yeah. Some of us lack and the other ones pick it up. <laughs> together, we make one whole person. It's, <laughs> you know, we, it's like quadrants. Yes. Yeah. Well, we're, I just... We're what? like the, the, uh, the Voltron. <laughs> what was it together? called when uh, they put it all together? Voltron. No, but there was like a name. It, his name was Voltron. <laughs> that's, that's the there name. it is, bumbling idiot. Okay, here we We're go. Voltron. Shut up, Dad. Uh, Fucking idiot. Well, I just want to get um, like emotional and sentimental for just a minute before we start. Wait, hold on. Aaron wants to say something. Hey now, no Civil Road family. Okay, we almost <laughs> forgot that. Welcome home. Yeah. Welcome home, guys. I just want to take a little time to tribute my wonderful, awesome husband, uh, baby daddy, rad man that I have in my life. Because, first of all, without him, um, nobody listening would be listening to shit. Um, (laughs) He created this entire uh, show, idea for the show, uh, interviews, every single thing from the ground up. Didn't this start as a Father's Day present? Exactly where I was coming with. Um, Simon <clears throat> gave Aaron this um, white snowball speaker that we... Rider. Um, what? Microphone. Microphone. Oh, spot, sorry. Not speaker. Microphone. And um, <laughs> ever since then, we have had this amazing roller coaster ride with this show. And I'm fucking grateful for you, baby. And I'm grateful for... What an amazing dad you've been to the kids. Darwin, Sydney, Simon, Ryder. 
even me and Apple at times. <laughs> I was just going to say even me. Yeah. For, for a long time now, 30-something years. We've he had really to- is. You're the best dad I've ever known. And <laughs> I didn't grow up with a dad. But once I married you, your dad became my dad. And so shout out to my wonderful dad, Jerry, out there, who is aside from you the best dad I've ever known and I'm just grateful to parent with you and to do this really fucking fun cool life with and happy Father's Day from from your girl oh I don't even know what to say right now you got me all well he looks like he's he's it's a rare moment guys soak it in high school girl yeah uh, we love you, Daddy. All right, that's over. So well, anyway, we're all very kidding. grateful for you, Aaron. Happy Father's Day. Thanks, Ryder. Thank I appreciate for, that for everything you do. I love you guys. I love you too. It's a trip, man. Like Melanie and I went out to eat last night, and we we're sitting there talking and planning for the show and talking about everything that's going on. And I'm just like thinking, like, just one year ago. Just one year ago, there was no show. No Simple Road didn't exist. It was even it wasn't even an idea. Like doing a podcast was something that I talked about every once in a while, and there wasn't even an idea behind it. I just thought, oh, it'd be cool to talk into a microphone once in a while. And then last Father's Day, when Simon gave me the mic, I was like, wow, you know, it would be cool if we could all share our experiences of getting turned on with the dead and slowly but surely this thing has become so much more than that like and it i was telling mel the other day like we're not creating the show anymore the show is creating us and i just feel like at this point all we have to do is take care of it and keep doing it and it'll do whatever it wants to do like it's got a mind of its own a manifestation feedback loop yeah it's inception well, and you're this show's daddy, and you've been really taking care of it so freaking amazingly. And that's another thing that I'm super grateful and proud of to watch you take literally nothing and turn it into 10,000 plus listeners a fucking month. That's just beautiful and insane to me. Thanks. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, fucking right on. You deserve that, it, babe. For this real, is, though. This is the second loss for words. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't happen often, but it happens. I referenced it on the last episode that I do occasionally get loss for words, but this is one of those moments. So, yeah. I um, I'm grateful for all you guys too, man. And it's cool to get to see, like, my work and labor changing lives around me like because I see it changing me you know and then I get to look out and see it doing the same thing for you guys and it's it's a trip and I'm not just talking to Mel Apple and Ryder and Darwin here on the porch like I'm talking to you guys out there too the emails that we get the letters that have come in we've got a fucking shoebox filled with stuff that people have sent us beautiful letters and stickers and drawings and heartfelt stuff and it's amazing man it's it's really something to to behold and you know 
it is a family. We are a family. And and I'm talking to you guys out there too. Like we are family. It's it, this is home. This is where we can come and we don't have to worry about if you've got dirt on your face or if you know you're feeling weird. You come here and oh, there's other people like me, and I can just relax and I don't have to trip out. If you have dirt on your face, we'll offer you a place to shower. And we'll, yeah. we'll help you get clean. <laughs> yeah, totally. Or. We'll point at it for a little while and giggle, and then we'll give you a napkin. But yeah, I it's just cool to know that there's somewhere safe, like out there in the world for everybody. Because for the longest time, I know that I didn't feel like I fit anywhere, even within the Grateful Dead family. Like when I was on tour, our bus was like different than any other bus that was out there. Like you know everybody had nicknames like sunshine and footbear and rainbow and like on our bus was roach <laughs> and, and pigeon and like yeah it was different and i, I don't know man I, it's nice to know that there's somewhere to go real quick what was your nickname pigeon pigeon, pigeon? okay yeah and the reason they called me pigeon Oh, oh, actually, I know this. The reason you, they called you Pigeon is because you could always get food. Yep. Yep. No matter where we went, I could find us food. I would walk through the grocery store and go through the bread aisle and grab bread out of the bread bag and then go down the condiment aisle and put mustard and stuff on it and then go to the meat aisle and open up the meat package and make a sandwich and walk through the grocery store eating a sandwich. <laughs> but yeah. Gotta eat somehow. Gotta, gotta eat. So they called me Pigeon. But yeah. Um... But back to what I was saying, like, there's a lot of people out there that feel like that, that, you know, you get turned on to this wider consciousness or whatever it is. And you feel different even within the group of different. And it's cool to know that we've created like a, a spot within the, the multiverse that you can come and put your headphones on or put it on your car and you're like oh shit okay I can just chill out I can let that anxious knot in my belly go for an hour a week and calm down and these people are with me and don't judge and love me and so it's cool and I'm I'm really proud to be at the fucking wheel of this ship and I love you guys we so, love you too so anyway that all that stuff. Melanie's crying. She's going to make me cry. I'm going to cry on the fucking show. It's not going to happen. Stop it. Stop. I'm not crying. You're I'm crying. not crying. You're crying. Quick, somebody make a joke. Oh, no. Thank you, Ryder. Well, let's, let's, Mel glossed over it. Let's shout out our dads. Yeah, it's we did it Day. for we Mother's, we did it for Mother's Day. Day. Okay. Shout out right. our dads. Well, you so, go first, Ryder. Okay. I, I just got a, a long conversation with my dad and he's, Things have gotten really good with my dad these past couple, well, this past like month. He's really trying hard, and he's today he said that he's starting to do yoga and meditate because wow, yeah, he's finding out that he needs to calm down. Right, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he takes his he's he's found out that he has to take his medicine every day at the same time, or else it messes him up. And he's and he's been really good. He's been a really good dad to my sisters and recently he's we've been getting along really well and he's been he's really trying and it's been really really cool 
That's really fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's good for you, man. That's a gift all by itself. Mm -hmm. Yep. Apple, your turn. Shout your pops out. Uh, Shout out to my dad, which this is, everybody will laugh, Bob Apple. Bob Bob (laughs) Apple. Which is always a, let the the jokes be, oh, but no, I, same thing, had a nice half hour, 40 minute chat with him, catching up on everything. He's hanging out with my cute little nephew today went to Vegas to visit him for Father's Day. He's there with his girlfriend. They're having a great time. And I just love my pops. Right on, man. Always been there. Always will be as much as he can. Well, pretty much always been there. But he's not a Chan donator, right? No, he's not a Chan donator. He listens. He's 78. He's listened to our beginning episodes and... And then he was like, okay, Skipped around, yeah, yeah. There's... Well, all listeners know we talk about things that sometimes parents may not want to totally know the whole thing behind the curtain. But you know what's one thing that's rad about Bob is that I think out of all the parents, he's the only one that's listened to a show. Yeah. Yep. And and has listened to multiple shows. Mm-hmm. Like he really does support what you do, and he loves it. And yeah, that's and he always rad. every time we, I talk to him, he's like, "What are you guys doing?" And I'm like, "We're out barbecuing, putting together chairs. We're planning doing that. You guys are so fucking cool." That's what he always said. <laughs> Tell everybody I said hi. You guys are so fucking cool. That's that, that's just great. Yeah, man. He's it, it's cool. It's cool to see yours and your dad's relationship. Like, it, I don't know. It's strange to me because. My dad and I are really tight, but in a completely different way than you and your dad. We don't talk as much as you and your pops do, but my dad is unique. He's a... And and Jerry's awesome, too. Yeah, Yeah, he's he's a a different sort. He's a character. Yeah. He's a force of nature, too, Mm -hmm. sometimes. And one thing that (laughs) dad always says, he's like... You're more of my daughter than my sons are sons to me. Yeah. And he's just always had a way of including me and making me feel like I truly did come from him. And I really fucking appreciate that. I'll tell you what, though, without him, I mean, obviously this wouldn't be happening, but I mean that on a completely different level. My dad taught me everything I know about entertainment. My dad taught me everything I know about business and show business and... And we All had a of lot that. of fun working for you. You yeah. worked for your dad a whole lot more, but the times I got it, working with the Highway Patrol and filming training, man, that we had some fun times with your mm-hmm. dad. Yeah. And, you know, he was, he still is the most creative person I've ever known. Like, my entire life, my dad never had a quote job. He never woke up in the morning and went to the office. And like, my dad was a writer and a producer and a director. And in the sixties and seventies, he was the entertainment guy in Las Vegas. Like if you went and saw a show in the sixties and seventies in Las Vegas, it was his show. And in the eighties, he entertainment directed at the Imperial palace in Las Vegas. And did all kinds of videos and owned a video company and just taught me everything I know about business and, and people and how to conduct yourself and how to be professional and all that stuff that goes along with it. And I'm really grateful for all of that. And it's cool to be able to talk to him on the phone now and share with him what's going on with No Simple Road. And then to hear him be like, that's right. You're doing that shit because proud. of me. Yeah. And it, he he's the kind of dad he'll never, ever say, you know, I'm proud of you. But he'll say shit like, you know, you're doing that because of me, right? 
<laughs> and you know, one of my favorite facts about your dad, too, I always go back to is that he was in the Guinness Book of World Records for the fastest quick draw in the world. That's yeah. dope. Yeah. That's fastest kind of badass. quick draw in the and world. He's got like thousands and thousands of hours of footage from the old Las Vegas hotels that have all been imploded that are just sitting in his garage like as a tribute to Las Vegas. He's yeah, man. amazing. So he's an awesome guy. And I'll tell you, th- this is super personal and I'm going to share this with the No Simple Road family, but like... When I was strung out on heroin and homeless and living in Vegas on the street, I was always in the neighborhood of where my dad's house was. And my dad would fucking come find us, my brother and I, on the street and make sure that we were okay and give us money to make sure that we could get well and make sure that we weren't dead and... If I was ever really, really hurting, like, I could go there and say I need help, and he was always there. So I, he didn't agree with what was going on and didn't didn't want to have his life imploded by having two fuckheads in the house stealing his shit <laughs> and taking it to the pawn shop. But, like, he he did what he could, and, and I wouldn't be sitting here right now if it wasn't for him. No, so it's a shout-out to my pops. When you and I were going through all of our uh, problems and I was ready to hit the door running, I remember walking in the park, Winchester Park, and he just would be like, you know what, baby, I know you're going through it now, and I know my son, and I know that he loves you, and he'd just give me the best advice, and, and then he'd straighten you out. And then when we got back together... I knew that it was because of him. I knew that the energy that was between us was healed because of what he said to you. So, so all you dads out there, I just had to say one more thing about your dad. Your dad is, has both ends of the spectrum is in that, like what you just said, he can be no BS because he has seen and done so much and help. And then he is also the king of bullshit. Oh, yeah. My, God. My whole life, he's always taking great pleasure <laughs> I left in messing that out. with me. Yeah. I left that out. He did teach he... me everything I know about bullshit, too. And you talk about somebody, he's got the best dad jokes ever. Yeah. Yeah. Any dad I know, he always has a joke ready that you're just like, oh, my. either you crack up or you're like, oh, my oh, God. My God. Yeah. yeah, go out to eat with my dad sometimes. And he'll be like, Don't do you have frog out. legs? And the, and the waiter's like... Yeah. Why don't you hop over there and get me a cup of coffee? He'll also say something incredibly inappropriate. Yeah. Just astonishingly inappropriate. So all you dads out there, know that you make a difference. Hell yeah. Know that even when it doesn't seem like it, you're making an impression. And those people around you are affected by everything that you do. And that's not to put pressure on all of us, but that's just to let us know that we matter and that dads are half of the most important thing out there so oh wait real quick shout out to my grandpa he uh he had really really like cripplingly bad back problems Mm -hmm. and he had a heart attack uh a couple weeks ago and they had to do surgery and Uh pull his chest open and it fixed his back so now he's on medicine for his heart and his heart's better and his back doesn't hurt him anymore at all. And he can walk Yay. around and he goes hiking now. Cool, man. Yeah. Right on. Right on. And I just want to shout out 
my two uncles who have also been like my dad my entire life. Um, yeah, I'm just really grateful for this male energy that I get to have after um, not growing up without it without a dad. So I love you guys so much. Oh, it's all emotional. No simple it road is. this week, guys. Yeah, it's Father's Day. So, it, but because that does that ties too. into the episode. That's what I was just gonna say. It, this is a special Father's Day episode. So if this was on TV, you'd have that like <laughs> stupid graphic. A special episode, you know. Um, so this is a uh, swim, and the drummer for Swim happens to be the father of my soon-to-be grandchild. We're not. We're gonna find out this Thursday if it's a boy or a girl. But I think it's a girl. Whatever, it's fine. Either way, yeah, I'm all. happy. <laughs> ten fingers, ten toes, two eyes, one nose. I'm good. Right, let it happen, man. I. It's just super cool to know that. My grandkid is going to be born into a cosmic family and that I don't have to be the only weirdo. (laughs) It's fucking cool, man. And Adam and the swim guys are as much of a family as the No Simple Road crew. Oh, yeah. And part of this family. And it's just cool to know that my grandkid's going to be surrounded by love and strangeness and music and fun and open minds and we had a really good time talking to them um but i won't bore you with the details you're about to hear the whole thing on your own so follow us on instagram at no simple road for laughs pics and news about upcoming episodes and inspirational stuff and how you can stay up to date uh, head on over to www.nosimpleroad.com for new and past episodes and go up to the top for the family tab for the newsletter and that's where you could sign up for it and we will send you um, information about the show uh, I run ideas by the people on on the on the newsletter um, yeah and remember to hashtag your posts with hashtag no simple road that'll show up there on the family tab as well on the on the website and uh that's where we could see what's going on with each other man i know that summer tour is in full swing right now guys and there's some awesome shit happening and i've seen a few people out there posting pictures of themselves at shows with no simple road shirts on and fucking you guys are awesome i can't remember his name man oh my outdoor something yeah i I don't know brendan outdoor oh the brat brat yeah, way to go, guys. Frazzle. What is no, it? No, no. We could easily find out on Instagram, but this, this you know no. what I loved about it was his beautiful smile. That He's wearing our t-shirt um, behind a water, or actually in front of a waterfall, and just beaming ear to ear with that beautiful smile. And I just, you know, that day clicked on... Um, at Burdicon Outdoor. <gasps> at yes. Burdicon okay. Outdoors. Yes, with the freaking cool Corona and the trucker hat. It looks like he's in New York City at that fountain where the um, there's the and he does have shit jeeps, awesome jeeps all over his Instagram. Where they do the the Christmas tree at Christmas time. Rockefeller Center is that what it's called? Something Square. Whatever, man. He's at a place wearing our shirt. It's really cool. Hashtag No Simple Road for all your fun. 
your doing stuff picks to show up on No Simple Road. Mary, too, thank you for that. Absorb Exhale. Yeah, Absorb Exhale. That was such a sweet... You're just such a cutie, and I can't wait to meet you someday and give you a big, big hug, because from the um, stuff that you sent us to buying the t-shirt to your beautiful artwork, I just really appreciate you being part of the family. She is one cool sister. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things about doing the show is meeting people like that. great haircut, by the way. (laughs) So, yeah, that's the website stuff. And also up there is the merch tab. Right now, uh, the only thing that's up there is our stickers. But, hey, guess what, guys? We've ordered pins of the Wicked Awesome Skull logo. And those will be up there uh, as soon as we get them. And we also got the Hair of the Wolf Van logo shirts with uh, on the bus on the front so on the pocket it says on the bus and on the back it's got that cool van logo and those will be up on nosimpleroad.com on the merch tab and down at the bottom of the page is um, the Amazon link that's still up there guys so if you want to support No Simple Road and you're going to be buying stuff on amazon.com go to our page first go down to the bottom and go through that link and anything you buy on Amazon will a little portion of that will come to us and that's a way for you to support us without having to spend money you weren't actually going to spend what's up Ryder? I was going to say they were also going to be selling the uh, t-shirts and the pins at the lot at Dead & Company yep. come check us out Yeah, and get them straight from the horse's us. mouth yeah. as they say <laughs> Yep. so yeah um, if you want to go backstage with No Simple Road you can do that at patreon.com forward slash No Simple Road I mean think about this guys so if you were going to see I don't know a band think of a band insert band name here and you were going to buy like a VIP package so you could go backstage and meet the band that would cost a lot of fucking money that shit's expensive those like Scarlet Begonia or whatever it is No Simple not No Simple Road Scarlet Begonia VIP packages for Dead and Company those are fucking like four or five hundred dollars for one person like with this it's a buck a month 25 cents an episode it's not even 25 cents an episode because we're doing the porch talks for Patreon only subscribers right now and we're putting those out once a week so you're getting eight episodes a month for a buck I don't even know what that comes out to like 10 cents or what I fuck I don't know Ryder help me out uh, math I don't math good Thir- 12 and a half cents yeah. so yeah if we're worth 12 and a half cents man head over to patreon.com forward slash no simple road insert Sarah McLaughlin song <laughs> so yeah oh Darwin's crying what? why is he crying the song cause he's a sad dog so those porch talks yeah um, we're putting those out those are patreon only and it's just us hanging out talking doing our thing there's no guests on those but it's a way for you to go backstage with the show and hear us planning stuff and talking and discussing current events and whatnots and doodads um last week i said it was the last week for the eugene deadlock contest and i keep saying it and i'm just gonna keep saying it this is the last week for the eugene deadlock contest if you've got a good story and you're gonna be at the eugene dead show hit us up at nosimpleroad.com put Eugene Deadlock contest in the subject of your email and send us your story we're going to pick one and that person will win a shirt and a pin and an appearance on No Simple Road that's kind of cool I'd do it if I listened I got a big old frog in my throat somebody talk 
I'm sure there will be other things, and that we're very generous. Love spreading the love. There'll probably be other little things thrown in amongst us. <laughs> whatnots. Yeah. Accoutrements. Wingdings. Yeah. Plus a big old out. hug. Yeah. Ryder's good at hugs, man. I am, I am quite good. He's a good hug hugger. Master. Yeah. We're a hugging family, so if you, you come by and say hi, it's to happening. get a hug from me. If you want a hug from me, you can just come up and give me a hug. And then last but not least, well, this isn't last, but not least, <laughs> on Friday, we got official word from oh, High Sierra Music oh. Festival that No Simple Road is going to be at High Sierra. It happened. Boom. That just happened. What? I was going to say, like, I didn't get the full deets. Do they, did they give us... Do they are they gonna give us a spot to like interview uh, people? So the and all deal is, <laughs> we're gonna be at the at the festival, uh, and we are going to have an area where we are going to be interviewing Dope. several bands. Dope. As it stands right now, we are going to be interviewing Jazz Is Fish. We're going to be interviewing the Rust Liquid Test, and we're going to be interviewing Reed Mathis. And we have some other things in the work. We're talking sent some emails out to twiddle and pigeons playing ping pong and crb can we just all take a second and appreciate pigeons playing ping pong for a minute just the name just sit there what are you doing tonight rider what are you doing i'm gonna go see pigeons playing ping pong wait pigeons can play ping pong yep is that what it sounds like apple yeah Mm -hmm. that's what pigeons playing ping pong sounds like say it out loud to yourself you listeners out there just say out loud pigeons playing ping pong it makes your mouth feel good it does and you know what at the same time of making your mouth feel good, it makes your ears feel good when you listen to them. Yep. Yep. They're super fun and funky, and I hope we get to meet those guys. So anyway, we're off track. We went down a little side road, and now we found the main Sorry, road again. I just got to say, again, thank you so much to John and the Higgs guys for that badass jingle. I honestly, like, I do want a 45-minute Tazo Tweezer. Tahoe. Tazo Tweezer. Tazo. Tazo T. So send us a big 45-minute long Tazo T. Do it, guys. No, it just makes me happy to hear that funky ass groove. So thank you guys again and again. I woke up the other morning and I went to go into the bathroom, brush my teeth and stuff. And I first thing in the morning, I'm like, no, that's me too. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we are going to be at High Sierra, guys, and we are going to be doing an auction there. Um, we have had some submissions from Absorb Exhale, Zaz Corp, Wicked Awesome, and Dr. Bronner's. And we have some really wonderful art that we're going to be auctioning off there. And it is the proceeds from that auction are going to a member of our community um, who will be named later. We all know who it is, but we're keeping it a secret right now. Um, Just know that any money that comes from that auction is going to somebody that desperately can use it and it's our family coming together to help our family and I think it's a really beautiful thing that we could do to help them out and that's all I have to say about that so we are going to High Sierra let's hear it guys so yeah more news and updates as that gets closer it's the week after Eugene Darwin uh, very excited Darwin you can't go I'll be, I'll be with you in spirit. No dogs allowed, Darwin. Darwin and Ryder aren't going, yeah. so they're going to hold down the fort. Wait, who's no, gonna... they're, they're not holding down shit. Ryder's no, going and, to Vegas. Me and Simon are going to Vegas. That's who's right. got this guy? Jesse. Jesse. Okay. Thank you, yeah. sister. So now you guys are hearing us plan what we're going to do when we're out of town. It's part of No Simple Road. Yeah. Enjoy. Um, 
so yeah we're going to high sierra guys and that's going to be awesome and if you listen to this show and you are going to high sierra it's i'm not asking you i'm telling you now you need to come by and give us a hug and say hello I'll be letting you know on Instagram where we're at when we get there and all that stuff. And also, if you're going to the Eugene lot, you need to come by and give us a hug and high five us. Because that's the only place I'm going to be. So you definitely (laughs) have to come by the Eugene deadline. So I got a couple of shout outs for people this week. And the first one is for Scarlet Begonias. And she's on Instagram at ScarletBG1. And you can check out her website at www.scarletspace.com. She has made us, or is making us right now, it'll be here before Eugene, a wonderful four foot by three foot flag with our wicked, awesome skull logo on it. Boom. Scarlet. Hell yeah. Thank you. This is the first time hearing about it. Thank you, Scarlet Begonia. Yeah. I took care of that on Friday. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And... You know, there's a lot of places that you can get fucking flags made out there if you're in the market for a flag (laughs) for whatever reason. But these people are super cool, man, and they're family. So let's keep the money flowing inside our family. Let's help each other out. Like, I know a lot of us own our own businesses and do our own things and make art and music. And let's support each other, man. Like, that's what this is all about. So... Scarlet, thank you for the flag. Can't wait to see it. And as as always, Shop Tour Bus. If you haven't checked out Shop Tour Bus on Instagram, you are fucking missing out. Go over there and check out the amazing designs and the beautiful boxes that they create. You see someone got a a, a box with a, a Bantha no. figurine with, with Luke Skywalker riding on it? Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably cool. for the Cosmic Charlie shirt they ordered. I don't know. That Cosmic Charlie design is badass. I love the Steal Your Tape. The Steal Your Tape mm-hmm. is cool, too. And the, the yeah, pretty much space. every other one. Yeah, the drums, the drums in space, in space is cute. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I just... It's like... Like I've said on several episodes leading up to today, something about that company touched my heart, man, that they were taking the time to put together boxes like that and put that much intention and thought into what they do it's really cool so i mean you don't just get your shirt in a poly mailer you're getting a hand design box you're getting a bootleg tape which is amazing a, a pencil to spool the tape candy which i love i still have a cassette player in my car me too <laughs> you guys are weird what is this cassette thing you're talking about man so yeah, check out Shop Tour Bus on Instagram, guys. They're badass. Um, one more thing, too, is Wolfman Whiskers. So, uh-huh. listen, <laughs> man, these aren't sponsors of the show. I'm not doing this because anybody's giving us any money. This is this is like public service announcements at this point. I've been growing my beard forever. No. Since we've been married, I've had a beard. Not this long, but I've I've been growing a beard a long time. And my beard gets to a certain length, and then it fucking breaks. All the little ends bust off. And I've tried every fucking thing under the sun. Nothing worked. I bought this stuff because it was a deadhead on Instagram, and I loved his packaging. And lo and fucking behold, 
My beard started growing again, and it's soft. Uh, let me tell you guys, um, anytime Aaron gets something new, he loves it immediately. Like, the second he uses it, and he's like, oh my god, this is the best in the universe. And then, like, a week later, he's like, eh, whatever. And he's like, doesn't it feel amazing, Mel? And I'm like, eh. But this Wolfman, Whiskers, I can legitimately agree with him. It It's making his beard look amazing, and it feels super soft and... Yeah. So for those Shout of you out. out there that have unruly, wiry, wiry fucking shitty ass beards like I used to have, go by, check out this stuff and let let me know. Like, I think it's amazing. I just wanted to pass on the good vibes and make your guys' beards feel good, too, because it made me happy. And one last thing on my travels on Instagram, I, I love like looking at other Grateful Dead art, original Grateful Dead art. It's one of my favorite things to do with Instagram. And uh, Rio Negro. You guys should check him out. Um, R-E-O-N-E-G-R-O on Instagram. He has a really cool style of... He's done some poster art and backstage pass designs for for the band. And it's super... uh, I don't. I can't think of an adjective for it. Just go check it out. He's he's pretty amazing and and quirky and funny and cool. Really, really cool. So yeah, go check him out. Um, yeah, feedback. So I'm gonna read you guys a letter. Uh, this actually came a couple of weeks ago, <clears throat> and uh, I don't know. It, it, like we've said before, we sit out here on the porch sometimes at night and we'll read all the stuff that's come in during the week to each other and. It just makes us happy. So yeah, keep that stuff coming. No simple road at gmail.com and check this out. Hey family, it's been a minute since my last email to y'all, but I wanted to pop in and say hey and a few other things. To start, I have to say thank you again for starting on the podcast journey and filling the airwaves with true love every week. Because with each day that goes by, that's something that is seemingly harder and harder to find. I found this podcast at a crossroad in my life between staying on a path of destruction or cleaning up and changing for the better. That's the kind of thing where you need as many positive vibes as possible in all directions. Last week, I hit my 90-day mark with no booze. I used to say, God damn, it'll be gl- I'll be glad when all that's behind me. And now more and more, I'm starting to feel like it really is. I can say the love from this show has been a part of getting me to this point, and I mean that with all sincerity. Learning to like yourself is great. Learning to love yourself is even better. But it's always way more easier to do than you realize. You spend your whole life tilling the garden, so when you finally plant those flowers and start watering them, they grow so fast and strong. Sure, seasons come and those flowers may wane from time to time, but spring is always around the corner. All you need are a few strong roots. Aaron, it makes me happy beyond happy to hear that you are starting to dig the person you are because so many of us already do and see why more and more with every episode we all wish it could have been sooner but shit man it's like a golden ray of joy from the speakers to hear you say you're starting to now you got this brother it doesn't matter where we are on this mortal mortal coil we all need fixing of some kind to grow into our best self Thick Not Han talks about how we all have Buddha inside of us, and to become the Buddha, it takes enlightenment, being capable of loving, and living with kindness and compassion for all sentient beings. All of you on this show really show your true Buddha nature every week, and bring it out of many of your guests too. 
So thank you for being a lotus in the swamp. As Ram Das says, we are all walking each other home. When I found your show, I was just expecting some fun talks with people that like the dead and a nice way to spend an hour. Little did I know that the little extra in the box would be a whole other family and community that seems to show more love than my own at times. Not shitting on my tribe, but we all know how blood family can be at times. Yeah, yeah, I definitely know what you're talking about. I hope someday I can do more than Patreon and showing off your logo around town for you all, but for the moment... I have that and my words, so hopefully my gra- gratitude can at least brighten up the day as you go into the weekend. Much love from the Lone Star State. Preston L. Preston? P.S. Every time I log into the Insta, I see a post from you all about Summer Tour 18, and it just makes me smile bigger every time, knowing it's right around the corner for us and thousands of other really lucky people, too. Woo! It's going to be a real good time. Aww. Woo! Thank yeah. you, Preston, so much. I remember um, getting this. Uh, I think he said bought a shirt, right? I think he's bought a shirt. Been, and, been yeah, Preston, out. you've been around for a, a hot minute, and I really appreciate you saying that about Aaron and the show. And hell yeah, you are definitely family, Preston. Thank you. I just say we're getting a whole lot of love from the Lone Star State. We sure are. Yeah, man. Texas is on the map. I I love that because my mom's family is from Texas. Texas is down. Children of Indigo rocking the new, you know, the scene down there. It's just awesome. Don't tell me that town ain't got no heart. Southern love. Yeah, man. The South has been good to the show. So that's all the business and emotional stuff and Father's Day stuff and shout outs and news and information and sports and weather. And, uh, (laughs) So here we are. We've arrived at that magical moment when things change and an interview begins. What are you going to do? Are you going to get comfortable? Are you going to kick your feet up? Are you going to light a joint? Crack open a beer? Smooth your hair out? Make sure your eyes don't have any crust in them? Yep, that's what you're going to do. Adjust your headphones. And without further ado, we give you Swim. Nobody's saying anything. You guys want to call him? Should we call yeah, him? Yeah. Everybody just woke up from a nap. Yeah. I, yeah. So Kreider and I were just anything. crashed on the couch <laughs> next to both dogs. <laughs> I was napping. Yeah. <laughs> Let's call Swim. Yay. Let's do this. Um. Everybody just hang on to it. It's okay. I know it's loud. It's a, not that bad. It's a loud beep. Really it won't be loud like that when they answer, hopefully. And there we go. Hello. Hi. Hi. They answered. No. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> you guys are going yeah, on. Yeah, you guys. Oh, dang. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, who who all's who all's there with us today? So we got we got Martin next to me on my left. Hello. Uh, we got Hanny uh, towards my right. We got Adam walking around the room, lost, confused. <laughs> Sit down, Adam. <laughs> um, what's up, guys? What's up? What do you, you mean? The drummers being unruly? <laughs> Never heard of that. Yeah. Someone's got to keep him in check. 
<laughs> yeah, and it's my kid. Check that out. Well, welcome, Swim. Welcome to No Simple Road, you cuties. Hey, good to be here. So, guys, we were just sitting here talking, like, about, you know, so what are we going to talk to him about? Like, Because I don't really, like, I don't write down a list of shit or, like, Sometimes. take notes. Sometimes I do, but not all the time. Like- and. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't really prepare. I guess it's the word. Mm. But I, I'm just curious, man. Like you guys just opened for Umphreys down in Florida, right? Yeah, yeah. That we, was we, we fast, yeah. Yeah, we played. I mean, we played a festival with them. We were on different stages than them, but we um we played, and then they played right after us on in a, at the venue next door to the venue we played. What so what festival like, it, was it you guys played? Wigfest. Yeah, Wigfest in St. Pete for Tampa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. Cool. They, they, have, they have quite a lighting rig. Uh, and, yeah. And our our lighting guy bailed like two hours before the show, so. Yeah, we were paying extra special <laughs> attention to lights that night. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Wait, your lighting guy just bailed on you? Yeah, he he did. <laughs> yeah, he um, he and it would have been cool too because he had like four laser boxes, and it was like a more of a club size venue, so it would have just been a fucking insane light show for that little place. I guess he was trying to save his relationship, though. Yeah, I guess so. it something happened with his girl, and he was just like freaking out, and <laughs> that's an error. Uh, it's dirty laundry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what was going on with him and his girl? Yeah, let's hear the story. <laughs> no. so, well, his so, name is in a <laughs> oh, Wow. Is he still employed by Swim? <laughs> well, <he's done. laughs> we, don't, we don't take that kind of shit in the Swim crew. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fucking professional organization here, man. Yeah, so, we banged his girlfriend, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> wow. So you guys, let's go through and um, let's hear from Mark. Let's hear from Mark and Haney. Like, what? Let's hear about all you guys. Like, where? How'd you guys um, start? Um, like, when did Mark and Haney join the group? Like, what's well, that? It's Mark. It's Mar- Martin. Oh, Martin. I'm sorry, Mark. Martin. I don't know where the hell. Whatever. It starts with an M. Mel. Yeah, it's M A R. Close enough. Yeah. Just call me and Dan. That, <laughs> and then I'm, Miguel. I'm Dan. <laughs> and then yeah, you got Danny right. Danny with H. Um, yeah. Mar- well, Martin does have an alter ego named Chad, and it's his uh, his shitty douchebag white guy American. <laughs> what? <laughs> Let's hear from Danny Chad loves, then. Loves Jesus. Yeah, Chad. What are you doing? I don't know if Chad can come out. He doesn't come out on demand. Not on the Sabbath. Chad Chad is situational, yeah. So, yeah, let's let's hear about that, though. Well, okay, yeah. I mean, so we just brought up Wigfest. Um, The very, very first Wigfest there ever was uh, was about five years ago in St. Pete. And that's actually where uh, I met these beautiful fellas uh, for the first time. Um, they were playing in, in another band you may have heard of called Blore, La Blore, Bastard Love Child of Rock and Roll. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and we just hit it off. 
uh, that night. We we played. We were commiserating over our crazy late time slot that we had. Um, and anyways, we like fast forward about a year later or so. Um, we just all happened to move to L.A. at the same time, but unknowingly. And um, I just another friend of mine invited me to something called a swim show. And uh, so I went not knowing who the hell they were because they gone and changed their name on us um and just sort of took a stab in the dark was like hey do you remember you remember that night you remember and uh and they did i remember <laughs> so been a it's been a blessing it's been a blessing so that was it just a meeting was all it took for you guys to uh get together or yeah i mean it was and a lot of fireball whiskey that that was the other part of, of what got us together that night. Um, Sounds like a match made other, in heaven. Yeah, Chris and Chris and Hanny hooked up that night, and uh, after after that, you know, he's been yeah. staying at the cube ever since. Yeah, that's right. So that's what I wanted. To, I, I wanted to bring that up, Adam. Like it, Mel and I had just come down there and went to oh. that awesome party thank you guys for yeah. throwing that thanks was for that really really welcoming yeah. and sweet and made us feel super good to be there yeah but you guys have a really unique situation down there i mean that's not your everyday thing that's going on like can you explain to the people that are listening like what that is what the cube is and and what goes on there yeah we moved into this warehouse in downtown LA, um, near Chinatown, Lincoln Heights area, about four and a half years ago after a tour. And it was the first tour that we did a swim. And we landed in on the West Coast of the US and kind of more spur of the moment decided that we would stay in LA because a spot at the Cube, the warehouse that we live in, um, opened up for us. So for the first six months, we ended up sharing a bed, Adam and I, um, you know, paying our dues, uh, cuddling our way through homesick nights. And um, after about six months, another spot opened up and we got our own beds. Thank the Lord. And, (laughs) and yeah, it just has been like a constant, um, evolving place where uh everyone that has moved in um has always sort of been like in the creative realm of some sorts and so in the back as you guys may have met some of the people like we have a friend becca who has a company called um not bad and uh, bad form well that's the name of the shirt that i have is called not bad <laughs> Sorry about that uh bad form is her company and uh it's uh great then there's a painter in the back named brandon lomax his artwork is incredible uh there's our friend minji and she's just a model and traveling all around the world and doing crazy things and uh our friend anthony cabero is a photographer so it's like filled with all these different people all trying to you know just like find their own voicing and different whatever they're doing and uh we live in this space with a band called sago and uh, it's always kind of there's always something to do, and mm-hmm. there's always people to kind of bounce things off of. So it's it's been kind of like the 
a really crazy creative hub for us and just a lovely place because everyone's such a sweetheart it sounds like an incubator <laughs> like yeah for, that's cool it is yeah. that's what i was gonna say like I, in a situation like that i mean most bands that are out there today either have like a practice space that they go to or you know whatever the th- their deal is but living all together like that and then being in a place where there's just creative energy around you all the time and it's it's a really psychedelic situation that you're in like there's a lot of op- it's a lot of openness and availability for creative energy to flow around and and make something special do you think that being in the cube has like informed your music a lot yeah definitely i mean it, it's it's impossible to live here and, and not be like creating or working on something because I mean, you're, you're surrounded by it. So if you're, if you're not also participating in, in creating your, your own thing or creating with somebody else here, you, you definitely can start to feel, just get depressed, feel just weird being here. You know, it, it's so, um, it's definitely, yeah, you're, we're inspired pretty much every single day. Um, being here. I am. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. And there's some so, good cooks here. Oh yeah. Yeah, we had some awesome food. Did you guys meet you guys met Seth when you were here, right? I you know, he, I I'll be honest, I don't remember people's names we too. We met well. like fifty people that night. I don't remember true, Seth specifically, true, yeah. but well, what's Seth's Seth deal? Replaced my me when I moved out and he's um he's a sound guy and also just a phenomenal cook, so he's also inspiring everybody to start cooking more <laughs> or eating more. that's cool not just like taco bell burritos and peanut butter and jelly at three o'clock in the morning you actually have food no it's yeah. been good i sliced up strawberries and put them in my raisin bran that's pretty heavy yeah so when you guys are creating your thing like swims music is there a is there a feeling that you're trying to get across to people is there something that you're trying to convey or is it just compartmentalized little vignettes that each song are hmm i've never heard it put that way and i like that because i think the the latter makes a little more sense than than um i i think maybe like the vibe of our band as as like people is like I think we are trying to convey a certain love towards people in general, but the songs themselves, yeah, are probably serving more as like, you know, differentialized and depending on what the song is about. If there was like, um, if you could pick one word to describe the music, what would it be? That's a tough one. That is a tough question. I think we lost him. I think we lost him. I think we lost him. We lost him. We lost Swim. We're going to get him back. What do we do? Apple, what do I do? I don't know. I feel like a loser. I'm scared now. Don't be scared. scared. Do I call back? Yeah. Nope. We don't want to seem desperate. Oh, my God. (laughs) Hello? Hello? 
If you didn't and, like the question, you I mean, yeah, say, yeah, it wasn't that tough of a question. Jeez, man. Aaron likes to put people over. on the spot. <laughs> yeah, fuck this shit. Did you Amateurs. Yet? It's really big so, right now. When did when did we cut off? Because I actually complimented the question, but maybe you didn't even. No, hear you. That. We heard everything you said, and I actually I asked you. I was like, okay, so if you had like one word that you could use to describe the music, what would it be? And now you're gonna say that's a hard question. <laughs> Ooh. Um, I say dynamic. That's my vote. Ooh. Ooh. What about you, Adam? <laughs> Martin Ooh. said, "Say eclectic." Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's Australian for eclectic. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I I like, like both of those are actually <laughs> solid answers. Yeah, yeah. I think they both fit really well. Eclectically yeah. dynamic. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So what about Haney? Haney, you didn't talk about you joining the swim party. Oh, that was that was me, actually. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. So then when Martin... He's the other one. Yeah, Martin, yeah. how did you join the swim family? I don't know your voices yet. Sorry. The swim team. Uh, <laughs> I was... I just recently moved to L.A., 2016 and then in sort of like the first or second month in living here my roommate Abe actually just asked me if I would be interested in joining this band swim and then well initially it was more just like we had a tour coming up and we were in a pinch and Abe suggested well my uh, my Martin um (laughs) everybody should have a Martin I know everyone should now we do and he does have a cool voice, so <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I know I do. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he like filled in, uh, kind of last second, and then, and then now I'm still here. Yeah, yeah. And, and now he good. won't leave. Yeah, no, he won't leave. I won't. <laughs> Got nowhere else. Uh, so <laughs> I can't. <laughs> it's all that I'm stuck. Then yeah. <laughs> so Haney, what were you doing before you joined Swim? Uh, I was, well, technically nothing because I mean, in, in LA, in LA, well, no, I, started, I actually was playing with you guys first. Oh, really? yeah. Yeah. Well, as far as like, after I moved out to LA from Florida as well, um, I met these guys in the first week I was here. So really like my, my whole era, my whole LA era has all been with swim. I don't know what life wow. was like for. Honestly, yeah. you were like floating in this black void of nothingness. All you could see was stars. Yeah, he was all of a sudden, he was drowning until he learned to swim. Uh, Sink oh. or swim. Oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> Leave the low hanging fruit alone, Apple. <laughs> so, all right. Let's start with let's start with Adam and. I want to go around with each one of you guys. Like, what is like the your musical past as far as like what inspires you? What bands? Um. Well, my musical past, I would say, how I was first inspired um, was going to shows and seeing like friends, like like friends of friends or like kind of older kids playing shows and. Um, there was this band called Memoranda back home 
that that uh, had they were like kind of like the one band that had like what really cool indie sounding like and they had kind of like an interpool vibe like dancey electronic kind of music a, a bit but so yeah i was i was really inspired by them and just like wa- watching live music it just i didn't even think i could do it it was more like wow that would be so cool to do but there's just no way i could ever do that and then um i would lived with this at this bible study actually uh, i think i told you guys a little bit about it before but i lived at a house that they had a bible study there and they the guy that um kind of put it on got a drum set and he was like hey you should try to play the drums and, and i always wanted to so i started playing with them and then that week i played like at the at the bible study and it was like the scariest night of my life but um wow. but yeah that that's how i kind of got into music and and after that just kept going and chris and i started playing probably a year after that maybe um and yeah, but it's it's interesting for says for me I really as far as like drummers go, I've been more inspired by friends that I've met along the way than I have by any like famous drummer or famous band or um like most people I feel like might be, but I'm more inspired by like my friend Tom is one of my favorite drummers and this guy Jared and the Sun Bears back home is an insane drummer and like just I don't know, just like my peers basically. Um, wow that's awesome that's fucking rad adam yeah yeah it's been a cool it's a cool way and it keeps you wanting to get better and 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 learn more to just like keep up with those guys basically yeah i mean i guess if you're if you're reaching into your peer group for inspiration then it doesn't seem unattainable to reach that level whereas like if you're listening to like i don't know i can't think of any famous drummers right now i just woke up 20 minutes ago but (laughs) you know (laughs) <laughs> it's yeah. much easier to, to get yeah. to that level so That's, what about you Chris um, so I think I, I initially was all about surfing uh, for my adolescence and that was kind of taking up most of my passion but I hurt my back when I was like 16 or 17 and waves went flat in the summer so I kind of picked up the guitar and tried to pass the time with that. And I kind of instantly got obsessed with it and um, had some older friends, like an older married couple and some older dudes that surfed at the break that I surfed at that kind of invited me um, along to their hangs and where they would just kind of like jam around and like trade songs off and all play like old classic Bob Marley songs and stuff. And I would just try to play along. And so for a while I was doing that and I just was, I was super into it. And then I think for a while it it was similar to Adam in the sense of we had, you know, a, a, a scarce amount of bands in the world that we were maybe into from our hometown. Uh, but there, the few were like memoranda and there was, for me, there was this band called dialect and, I um, it was like they some of the guys would play at the youth group that everyone would go to, and then uh, we eventually would go to their shows, like sneak into like I would basically like go to like any of the bars that they would play, and sometimes get kicked out because I was I was underage, and but sometimes like <laughs> make it under you know undercover, yeah, and um, 
And I just like once I I just became obsessed and I became like the and probably like I think back on it now and I'm like man I was so annoying because I would just there was this house that they all lived at and uh-huh. just like drop by <laughs> and oh, just shit. be like you know and they would just be playing music and I would just like ask them about music and they would but it was cool because they would they would really be informative and like I remember they would like have debates about like if Jeff Buckley was the if hallelujah by jeff buckley uh played by him written by leonard cohen was like the song that should be played to aliens if aliens visited the (laughs) universe (laughs) a good story conversation yeah yeah like and so that was kind of like the things that were like talked about in that and they'd watch like sugar roast dvds and like you too those guys are amazing yeah yeah and um a super side note um and i'm terrible at telling stories for this reason but i just went doesn't to doesn't sound sound, like it i went to a sound bath and jonesy from sugar rose actually sang live at the sound bath what so was, wait a minute when yeah. you when you saw him do that was he singing in that other language that they sing in uh i, Sanskrit. I can't say i heard any english Wow. Wait, I don't know what yeah. a sound bath is. Yeah, Ryder just said he doesn't know what a sound bath is. Can you explain honest, what a sound bath is for him? I really don't either, but um, it was a room. In this case, I think it's usually more intimate. In this case, it was filled with like 500 people. My friend got me a ticket to this, and it's kind of like a random thing, but um, uh, we went like 500 people in this giant Masonic lodge laying on the ground on like yoga mats and listening to like weird ambient stuff while Jonesy from Sugaros like sang over it. So like probably the most LA sounding thing you could ever imagine. But that sounds amazing. Uh, it was pretty great. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So wait, what did that feel like? Can you explain um, it even? It, I mean it was it was the it was more textural sound um, it wasn't songs and it just, it just kept going for like an hour and it's kind of surrounds you. So in a sense, it's just as it is what it is. Like it's a sound bath. You're just kind of was like it, laying down. Yeah. With a gong. I don't remember a gong. The, like normally in the more intimate spaces, I think they use crystal bowls and, and gongs. Mm-hmm. This right. One was yeah. They'll do like, like a Tibetan singing bowls and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, this one, because it was of the uh, magnitude of it, it was going more through like a full system. Someone was like almost mm. DJing it, which sounds wow. apropos to the nature of it, but it was um, it was kind of that. But anyways, back wow. to my musical upbringing. Um, yeah. I, I, would just, I would just go to these shows and, and get super psyched and then go and sing to myself and make sure that no one else was around for probably like a good five to seven years of playing guitar and singing. I would like absolutely make sure that no one could, could hear me because I was very self-conscious. And then, um, yeah, eventually just kept getting inspired by more and more music that my friends were playing or my friends would show me. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I had so being being that like self conscious to where you're making sure that there's n- fucking nobody around when you're practicing to going on stage the first time. Like, is it just abject terror? Um, you know, 
what's weird is by the yeah okay i'm trying to think the first time i ever went on stage was i had started the, the band bastard love child of rock and roll and we played our first show at this big event at this beautiful theater which is kind of lucky for us to be able to play our first show at that um mm-hmm. and i was like for sure absolutely terrified before i went on and i just overcompensated with a lot of um chutzpah and yeah yeah <laughs> and i think for a while that's like i i I, ha- I remember feeling like i could either i could either sink into the hole of that fear and like barely perform or just like kind of use it and like go the opposite end so and during that time i was into like death from above 1979 and queens of the stone age and white stripes and it was like okay if i'm gonna do this i want to like actually do it and perform and like yeah 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 it's like karen o was like my everything so i'd watch videos right. of her and be like well that's what i want to like how i want to try to do this on stage if i'm gonna be on stage like i don't want to just be scared and like so i'm gonna basically pretend and then eventually pretending long enough you just like are like oh i guess this is what i'm doing now the, 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 you make per, it. the pretend becomes the thing yeah, yeah. fake it till you make it do you still <laughs> pretend, Chris, at all? Is do you still have to find that kind of pretend space sometimes? Yeah, I think, and and it depends on the show, and it depends on like maybe what what kind of show it is. Like in some of these um, more stripped down shows that we do, um, or even some of the regular shows, like I'll try to find something to connect us to the crowd, or just feel like we're we're adapting to the space and in those moments i feel like i i will like just for an example so it doesn't sound like i'm just rambling nothing but i like there was one show where um it was a it was a not a big room but it was just like a nice room uh in that show i wanted to just feel like a an almost put myself in an extra layer of discomfort to maybe as a catalyst for something so i started mm-hmm. the show with like kind of like a half-ass like spoken word half-ass acapella start of the show but in doing that and being self-aware that it was like kind of ridiculous to do that i almost like felt like i was just getting into character like faking it a little bit and so wow. i like egging yourself on yeah, yeah. Wow. i love that chris that's fucking rad well, thanks. I mean, you weren't there to see it, so it, you don't know if it was. But I, I, I mean, the mindset behind it, like yeah. I'm, I'm more of a fan of like how people do shit. Mel loves the process. I love the yeah. process. I'm like, who gives a fuck where we're going? We're gonna have fun when we're going there. That's the end of the story. Um, so the way no, that you think there. is super intriguing to me because not a, not everybody does it that way. That's it. Not everybody does it that way. Yeah. yeah. The times yeah. I've gotten up and, and done that, I sure shit didn't do that. I got yeah, up there and shook. Before we um, go on or even practice, we always uh, pick a place that we're at that we're not, though. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're, yeah, we're like, where are we like right now? And, and we, we usually just take turns picking like the most ridiculous places in front of the most ridiculous amount of people. And and then we all pretend that that's what's going down, and then we just go balls out. Yeah, 
Okay, wow. so can we play a little game of where are you now? Wait, 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 wait. Before before we do that, we got two that. more people. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I just we're, got we're, excited. We're on the road it. trying to go somewhere here. So we got, who do we got left? We got Martin. Haney and, and Martin. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, so let's go. Question, like, what, what got me? Right. Yeah, what was your inspirations for, for playing music? Like, what bands did you listen to? Or what was the, the inspiration that got you? got you down the road of playing Listen, i grew up um my dad was like obsessed with like james town and like the beatles um and george michael kind of random but um george michael's the shit yeah he's the (laughs) shit that was the Mm -hmm. that was my little like rotation when i was uh when i was a kid but you know he was my my dad was a musician so i kind of grew up around it and uh so i started at a relatively young age playing music, but it wasn't, it's kind of strange to say, but it wasn't until I worked at a place called Guitar Center. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Never heard of it. I love Guitar Center. Who doesn't love Guitar Center? They sell Center? food there? <laughs> they do. They have Red Bulls there, actually. Blankets, right on. Bowling balls. <laughs> I think so, yeah. But that was, I mean, it's, that's why it's weird to say, but like I had been playing music since I was a kid, but it was after working at Guitar Center in my as a very young man, um, and just hearing the shred fest that would happen on a daily basis. I was just like, "Why can't I just? Why I can do this? You know, like there's, I've got the gear, I got the discount, I can get the discount if I want to get the stuff." Um, it's like in your face. <laughs> it was in my face, yeah. I mean, and, and it just made it um, more tangible. I guess I had never thought like I could. This is you know I could be writing and playing and performing music but then i was just seeing people do it every single day and i was just like why not so i just started playing in bands so when playing. you when you started playing like it, nobody's good at first like it's fucking frustrating to learn to play the guitar man your hand doesn't work the way you want it to and you you have feelings that you're trying to get out and they don't fucking come out and it's frustrating yes. as hell like how did you work through all that just just tenacity and just going at it and doing it over I, and over and over again and then it happens i think you just get honestly like you get a couple small wins every now and then you're like like a song that you that you a riff or something that you conquered that, that you know you finally learn for me it was a third eye blind song i'll say it um <laughs> yeah but, um you get a couple of those and you're just i don't know i mean it wasn't even um I think it was just like learning the the fundament like the fundamentals of it rather than learning like a ton of songs and stuff and like just seeing how everything connects at least. I mean, I don't know. I mean, right. thinking about no, that guitar, makes sense. Yeah, like how everything connects, not necessarily being like today I'm going to sit down and learn this song and this is going to be my challenge and my goal. It's like, okay, what is the connection between um, the Beatles and James Brown? <laughs> Because there's got to be wow. some musical connection to it, and so I I like try to figure that kind of stuff out. It sounds ridiculous, but um, no. I, I would I would try to find like whether it was rhythm. Usually it's rhythm. That's what I that's what I figured out. But um, that was the kind of stuff that would keep me going, even if I sucked. Like I would just mm-hmm. I would be intrigued by the process, as you say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like hey, like how does this? I was more just fascinated by like how does all this shit work? Like how does it? Rather than just being like, I want to be like the greatest of all time or anything like that. It was just, how does this, how, how does it work? 
Was that like? you that was that was playing when I was there at the Cube? Yeah, I think probably. Dano? Well, oh, no, no. I, I, I think I missed that night, actually. I, I wasn't. Oh. Yeah. Okay. What a bummer. That sucks. Sucks. I know. But next time, Haney. Though. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yes. let's 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 do let's hear from Haney. Oh, all right. So here's the thing. You just were. Oh, oh. It's hard to guys. tell. I know. So who do Martin's we have last? I wish we would have FaceTimed Martin's so last. we could okay. see your... <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it off to Martin. Martin is speaking. <laughs> I was gonna say we could tell I'm Martin's ready. voice. I am ready. No, I'm ready. You just did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So, what was the question again? I'm sort of being what was your What was your inspirations for starting playing music? Like, what bands uh, inspired you to start playing stuff like that? I actually have no memory of not playing music. Um, really. I started so young and like there's photos of me holding instruments like at, at like the ages that I don't remember. And then the first memories I really have are definitely me sort of like playing music and I've played you know, so many different instruments over the years and sort of chopped and changed through things that it's sort of, it's just been a fixture in my life the whole time. So there's no real start. Wow. Wow. So you are born from the music. You are music. Martin is well, music. Oh, I would say that. My dad is very much an enthusiast, and he's, he, okay. he's very much a collector of all instruments, and we have more than is necessary for any individual to own. But, um, no, yeah, soon he's he loves it, and he plays a lot of music, and then pretty much as soon as apparently when I was little, I just took such a liking to it straight away, and he just always encouraged it. And so basically he just always facilitated any type of musical expression, I would say, for me to have. And that pretty much just ignited it. And then ever since then, I've just been doing it. Wow. Any time I've like wanted to change or try a different instrument, my dad's always been down. So I've sort of I've spent a lot of time playing classical music. I've done all that. I've played like woodwind instruments and stuff. Um, and then kind so of... Do you feel like... Do you feel like having that as part of your life since you were a little kid has like, I don't know, man, like for me, playing the guitar is this huge emotional outlet and a way that I can get stuff out that I normally wouldn't be able to get out otherwise. Like, do you feel like since you've been playing since you were young, like you've had a leg up emotionally with yourself like this outlet? Um, probably not. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's I an honest answer that is honest <laughs> yeah it's sort of some the other thing is as well is that I mean a lot of things that I have to do it's just a job so it's not really you know sometimes I'm just getting paid and it's not really about sort of being there performance you just learn the songs and do it so sometimes it isn't an emotional outlet it's just what I have to do wow okay uh, and and but then there's the times like you know like swim is one of the emotional outlets that I actually have so it's sort of like I have the balance of being able to do it you know for work and then do other things so I work with a lot of other people that again it's an emotional outlet as well but I mean there's definitely a stark contrast of it being that and not being that right well I guess I guess there has to be balance in everything and that's that's where you found it and that that's yeah. cool. Yeah, and it fuck, works. how lucky to be I able to make a living playing music, man. Fuck. Yeah, it works. <laughs> yeah. So you you guys, you've been putting together uh, a f- your own festival, right? Yeah. 
how yeah, long we, has that been going on? Um, well, we just we did the second one, so we we um, it's been year, we, over year yeah now. over a year now. But we we've done two. We're we're gonna do them every every year. So um, yeah, it's probably been like a year and a half, I guess that that it's been going on. And what's the name of it? Love you down. So what's the what's the thought behind love you down? Um, it was it's basically just like we we had been throwing these shows at our warehouse and um and we kind of kind of outgrew doing that because they were getting a little bit too big and and um the the people that live here didn't really want us to do them anymore because it was just too much work basically and um so we we didn't want to do just another normal typical like headlining show in LA we wanted to do something different and get all the bands that we we like in LA or even out of LA that we just kind of look up to and, and have like a full day of it where there's like 12 plus bands and kind of curate the whole night with, with the DJs and the de- decorations. And, um, I mean, we, we would like to even grow it more to where we have like tarot card readings and just any kind of cool, weird shit we can bring to the table to just make it more of a, and like a weird event rather than just a, a one night show kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Adam yeah. and Chris, I want to hear how you guys both felt. Like, so you guys have all this planning behind the scenes. The festival goes down. You guys perform, and I saw that picture on Instagram with Sydney handing you like flowers and that whole super cute scene. Like, how did you guys feel after that awesome accomplishment? Oh, I mean. Yeah, that was, um, I, I think after the second Love You Down back in February, um, it was, I, we had worked so hard for so many months to, to put that on from, from every angle. And I think people would ask like in the week or two coming up to it, if I was excited and I, I would try to think about whether or not I was and I I just, I was like, you know, I don't think it's excitement yet. And I realized that with some of these things, like even the first one and just bigger events that we've put on, um, I don't find myself excited until maybe the second we start playing music. And like, that's the first time that I can, I can relax and actually embrace any sort of excitement. So, yeah, and so I yeah, even during that event it was just I was so nervous and then um I yeah, I think the second we started playing and then after, once we get done playing it's just yeah, I I love it so much and having Sydney there and just so many friends it yeah, you know, it's like I feel like I always try to like step back in those moments and be like, well, this could be it, you know, like it could be, it might not get better than this feeling and try to really soak it up for a moment. And I've had quite a few of those moments now. So, um, yeah, I, it was just wonderful. Really. I was on a high for like a month after that. I know. So the the festivals (laughs) in, in February is the name love you down. Does, Does that have to do with Valentine's day? No, it was a uh, that was just totally serendipitous that it fell into February. But uh, the mm. the name came from 
a song that we covered um, and put out called Love You Down. And we were just, you know, it's a song that is was written by Ready for the World back in the 80s and then covered by Inoj back uh, in the 90s. It was kind of like a roller skating rink dance club jam that I grew up listening to and dancing and One shaking of my, my favorites. butt to. <laughs> yeah, so good, right? And, mm-hmm, I know about it. Yeah, and then once... um. I mean, maybe we even danced at the same teen night one night, you know? I don't know. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to doubt it. <clears throat> Spring maybe break, we'll Florida dance is to a one real in, in the future. <laughs> I, I actually know for a fact we will. But, um, I know, well, and not. we should listen to all the versions of Love You Down. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. That's, that's definitely on right? the docket. While we skate? Yeah. I, I, have, a, I have a prediction that there, there'll be a, a live podcast happening at the next Love You Down. <laughs> oh, that would be fun. Yeah, yeah. Let's right? do that. I've been talking mm-hmm. to Sim. Let's let's make that happen. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And the tarot card readings. Yeah, Mel can read tarot cards. <laughs> so She's pretty you. good. At, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh. I've never read a tarot card in my life. That's evil. That's <laughs> 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 demonic. Gosh. <laughs> well, by the end he of this weekend, make sure that you've accepted. Jesus Christ into your heart and you'll be okay. Okay, cool. All right. By the end of the I already feel better. I really do. So oh since we're talking God. about Jesus, let's let's talk about psychedelics. Um, <laughs> Good segue. He was a psychedelic guys, dude, if you think about it. Yeah, yes, yes he, he was. was. I, your guys' your guys' music is is definitely to me, like being a deadhead and coming at it through that lens it's it's very environmental to me your guys's music is an atmosphere more more than just like a song when i when i listen to swim it it creates a feeling in the room different than any other music that i listen to like and i know obviously adam and all you guys personally like so i i know that you do psychedelics and stuff but what i'm getting at is like do you feel like that that world is what informs the music more than anything else or is 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 it just a part of it? Well, for this is Chris. I'll say for me um it it informs this sonic element of the music. Um I I think from the get-go we always wanted to make sort of fluid sounding um weightless if you can like apply some sort of weightless feeling to the sonic elements of the music then that would be like Mm -hmm. a really big goal for us always and then um i know that the feelings that i've had while um on uh i would say experimenting with psychedelics but you know when you've done it this much it's not experimenting (laughs) anymore you're a trained professional at this point (laughs) um it's just on them and when i've been on them um I I take I don't necessarily write while I'm on them, but I take from the feelings that I get while I'm on them and mm-hmm. try to maybe recreate those in music and, and almost like well if I had to try to make someone else feel that way without the drug but maybe through music wow. that would be a goal and so mm-hmm. I, maybe thematically it not as much but um. That's that's my answer for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, Adam, go for it. No, I, I agree with them. Like, I can actually remember the first time Chris and I tripped on mushrooms together and we were 
like our head was like next to each other's in in this pretty much in the speaker listening to in rainbows just like crying and like getting it and all of a sudden <laughs> i feel like after that i think our music went from like this party rock and roll band to wanting to create music that we basically do now and i, I feel like that was a huge turning point for me and and chris and and that and that sense, and that was just like one trip, our, our very first trip on mushrooms. It was so it's pretty cool how it really did change the way I like listen to music and what it does for me. Yay, Radiohead! Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I I told you this before, but like my first Ed show was such a huge thing for me, and whatever. And then, you know, 30 years later, going and seeing Radiohead, that's the only other show that I've been to that even I could put into the same realm of experience. It wasn't it wasn't a concert. I didn't go to a concert. I went I went and saw something happen and was part of something that went down like it was a feeling being broadcast through the band and back into we the audience and yeah we were on a spaceship that night and it was fucking amazing like is that's kind of the goal like when you're playing and you you know you've taken trips together several times and so you get in that space where there's a group mind and do you find that that it's attainable when you're not tripping to get into the headspace when you guys are all playing together yes is the short answer. Yeah. And that's the beautiful thing. I mean, I think when you go on these kinds of trips, it really just peels the curtain back of like things that you can probably already experience and already see anyways, if you're really looking for it. Um, so when we play, I mean, separate from any kind of trip, I like we enter those moments and we enter that territory. Yeah. I think, I think something, that's a misconception for a lot of people is that when you, they think when you take psychedelics, like the psychedelic is making you do something or feel something. And it's, that's not it at all. At least from my perspective, it's not, I don't feel like that. And I'm not experimenting anymore either at this point. Like I've been there plenty <laughs> of times. Like I feel yeah. like the psychedelic is just revealing to you what, is already there. Like you said, like showing you, Oh, this is, it pulled back the curtain and Oh, all this is available and I can use it anytime I want. And that's, that's beautiful. And to be able to be with your brothers that you guys have there, you know, your tribe and be able to make music together and then to bring that thing to people. That's special, man. That's really fucking cool. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, yeah, thank you. I was actually curious. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Jenny, okay. Chris. What happened? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> um, I, I, I really wanted to ask um, about your first dead experience and sort of what brought you into the world of being, uh, being a deadhead. Well, uh, okay. Jeez, you put me on the spot. I, I feel all self-conscious now. I don't know what to say. It, it was fun. No, I'm just kidding. All right. All right. So um, for me, man, I was really into the punk rock scene in the 80s and early 90s. And um, 
really into doing a lot of drugs just for doing this just for the sake of doing drugs like i wasn't seeking anything at the time i was just partying with my friends and listening to punk rock music and whatever yeah and my buddy apple and i that apple that's sitting here with me now like we started tripping and listening to like uh the doors and hendrix and floyd and all all that shit and I started realizing, well, wait, okay, these two things go together. There's a reason they call this acid rock and whatever. And uh, I had a friend in L.A. that was a deadhead. And um, he was like, man, you you need to go to a a Grateful Dead show. And I fucking hated the Grateful Dead. Like, it didn't make sense to me. Like, why would you play a song for 20 minutes? It's just stupid. Like, songs are three minutes long. And who cares and it's country music and why would you take acid and listen to country and like it just didn't make didn't make sense to me but he bought me a ticket and was like i'm you're going to the show and uh i walked into that first show i was tripping my brain out on really clean liquid and um there's a feeling at a dead show that i know now like it's home to me now but then it was it was super alien i felt like i was on another planet like there did you feel like a stranger i felt like a stranger yeah (laughs) i i really did and they were playing a song called feel like a stranger when i walked in um but it was a trip man it was like there was all these people that it was okay to be quote unquote telepathic and it was okay to share that group mind. And before that experience for me, it had always been in a bedroom or out in the desert with two or three friends. And it seemed like it was just us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we were onto some secret. And when I walked into, it was actually at the forum in LA. I oh, walked into the forum and felt that from however many thousand people at once. And dissolved me it it broke me apart and i just remember that night like going through a lifetime of like uh, anxiety and then finding myself all in one three and a half hour concert and the dead back then at least did something unique to where they would play for an hour and a half or two hours, take 45 minute break and then come back and play for a couple more hours. And after that first set that night, like I had never moved. I had never danced. I had, I was too full of myself and just my ego was huge and I didn't want to, you know, look silly. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it broke that in me on a really like base level, it, it forced me to confront myself and step outside and not to mention what was happening musically. Like the, the band was communicating with the audience in a way that I had never experienced with any other band or music in my life. Like they were broadcasting from the stage into the crowd and the crowd would take the sound or the feeling of what was happening and morph it and, send it back and it was this huge like feedback loop of telepathic weirdness that was going on and it took all of me to figure it out that night you know and then when the set break happened you could feel it like the last note hit and it like dropped you you felt like you just fell back to earth 
And wow. everybody's standing there looking at each other like wide eyed, like, holy fuck, what just happened? And hugging each other and laughing. And I'm like, holy shit, what I just experienced really happened because the people around me are reacting to it. It mm. wasn't just in my head. And then when they came out and started the second set, it was like liftoff. And I was hooked, man. After that night, the show ended. I had him get me tickets for the next two nights of the show. And I went back to Vegas and sold all my shit and followed him around the country. I was like, I'm not fucking leaving this. I never want to be away from this. So that's my long winded answer oh i was gonna say that was the short answer that was the shortest you've ever told that story <laughs> i can't believe that you went back and sold your stuff and followed around that's 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 the that's the real deal yeah 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 i mean it changed it changed me like on a, a base level and i'll tell you too man like i had a lot of problems in my late twenties, early thirties doing heroin and stuff. And a lot of really dark shit happened to me. And the only time in my life when I wasn't happy and together and feeling good and doing my thing was when I wasn't listening to that music. Mm. So I don't know. I, I, I equate the two just because it's my experience. You know what I mean? But yeah, for me, like it, it, I got born into it is the only way I can explain to explain it. Like I, it, it woke me up to myself and yeah. that's it. Like I, I, and I know that there's other bands and there's other ways to experience that. I, I, I realize that now that I'm 46 years old, you know, I didn't at, at 21 or 20. <laughs> and I just think it's rad. Like I was saying, like about Radiohead, man, like, you can walk into a Radiohead show and you're not going to a concert. You're going to experience something. You're going to participate in a ritual as far as I'm concerned. And yeah. I see you guys doing the same thing. Well, that's cool. <clears throat> that very much. I, I, uh, thanks for sharing all that. That's really cool yeah. to hear, to hear how that happened. I, to speak to the Radiohead, part i'm still a virgin when it comes to a, a dead show but um <gasps> let's uh, pop your cherry <laughs> i was gonna say we know adam's, adam's going on. we should so get you adam all. and sid are coming to the eugene show chris jump on that bandwagon oh well you know and martin and whoever hey. else haney look however you I would want to do it i would gonna, be fucking that would be so amazing to have the entire swim team <laughs> you guys seriously june 30th june 30th it's june 30th and it's actually our first like live anything we're like coming off of our porch and it's out be, into the parking lot you guys, it's well, gonna it's be a family. lot of firsts and you know that's for, something that i glossed over too like before i ever even got into the show that night the parking lot at a grateful dead concert in the 80s was another world it was a fucking traveling circus going all over the country that would materialize and disappear in a matter of days and what was going on in that parking lot i mean it was a it was like it was like going to the moon if the moon had a psychedelic carnival flea market hmm. i and can imagine just like yeah Barely. like every kind of fucking weird tie-dye anything you can imagine being sold people selling every drug on you know on the planet out in the open 
drum circles happening, people dancing, spinning. Fire. I mean, it was like Burning Man in the parking lot of the forum. Yeah. So that, that was like, you know, okay, things are going to be weird tonight was how I felt. Yeah. But yeah, like, so we're going to be doing this, what we're doing now from the parking lot in Eugene. And it would be fucking really cool if all you guys oh, were there. To have the family, you guys. Well, so, cool. in the air now. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to so say, though, I, I went to a Radiohead show once um, with my dad, and we both uh, did mushrooms together. <gasps> yes. And Let's hear about that. Don't gloss over this story. <laughs> it needs to be told. Uh, it's begging so, to be told. Yeah. There was a time when Adam and I were under the same booking agency as uh, – as Radiohead and because of that we got like uh, a span of shows when they did off their King of Limbs tour there was one album after in Rainbows um, and they got us um, we were able to get like really good seats for like every, for like four different shows of that tour one of wow. which Tampa Florida and my dad and I went and uh, drove over to Tampa across Florida did mushrooms like before the show and then during the show i mean they played like my favorite set that i've ever seen them play and i've seen them like eight or nine times now and oh wow and so yeah they just like played every song that i wanted to hear i'm with my dad like in the, like, the most amazing seats and we're just like both Aww. flying and then yeah like listen to radiohead all the way back home on the two and a half hour drive and my dad's tripping out being like yeah <laughs> and uh how fucking cool to share that with your with your dad man oh it was yeah. the it was one of the best nights of my life for sure so so speaking of parents <laughs> swim is growing huh yeah gotta, gotta on the way adam man what the fuck dude you're gonna be a dad <laughs> Adam, you have managed to make me the happiest woman in the entire world. Seriously. Uh, she doesn't shut up, man. My thoughts were more along the lines of what you said, but. Uh... <laughs> Dude, so. How do you guys. Obviously, as a band, you guys are close and have lived together and all that. Like, how did that news affect the band? It was amazing. Just now. <laughs> just, <laughs> just found out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. How did you? Where were you? I was tripping yeah. on mushrooms on a hike by myself <laughs> when yeah. I heard about it. No, I mean it was here. It was when Adam oh, okay. told, told us all at the cube, and there was I, I don't know. I mean, I was I got a little misty. I'll say it like that's. Yeah. I, I I mean it's just a beautiful a beautiful thing. I mean we're all a family, anyways. It's just kind of like you know, an extension of that, you know, I, which I love. I'll tell you, I'll tell you guys something like, and this is something that you probably would have never heard if we hadn't done the podcast, but like we came to the, to the party there at the cube and, um, Mel and I were flying home. I think, I think I said this when we got home, but like as a dad and come like, okay, so your dad and your daughter moves to LA and tells you she's going to be an actress. Like every awful thought 
on the planet goes through your head and you're scared to death for her. And then, you know, Sydney's a fucking badass and she went out there and killed it. But then she meets Adam and I come down there and I meet all you guys. And when we came back, like as a dad, I was so fucking happy that my daughter had the found family that she does down there. Like being with you guys, I could feel the connection that all of you have and felt so comfortable and safe and like just good fucking people, man. And I appreciate that. And I just want all of you guys to know that from me as Sydney's dad, like, thank you so much for taking care of my daughter, man, and looking out for and having her back. It fucking means the world to me and to know that you guys are there and that you're taking care of business and it's fucking badass. So thank you for that guys. Thank you so much for saying that. Yeah. Yeah. We feel the same about Sydney and I can say as, uh, being Adam's life partner for the last almost <laughs> 10 years, knowing him since I was 16, that I, I've, uh, I couldn't be happier to have anybody else than Sydney. And I don't think it would, I don't think it could work with anybody but her. So it's just been like a absolute blessing that mm-hmm. all of us have come into this together. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's something special, man. And I, I don't know. I think that really, really good shit's happening for you guys. And I, I just see it going up and up and up and up. And I'm, I'm honored and stoked to be along for the ride, to be able to watch it, man. It's really fucking rad. So what's in the works right now? Get ready. <laughs> yeah. Get ready. Cause when, when we get that tour bus, we're going to bring you guys on the road. <laughs> I'm yeah, ready to go. Out. I'm <laughs> shit, dude. It'll take me five minutes to pack. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I want to, <laughs> I want to hear about the album that's coming out and that title. Yeah. I love that title. What's the title? <laughs> Sentimental porno. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Don't worry. I came up with it. Adam's not the sicko. <laughs> no, I know Adam's sick. I've, I, we've hung out. <laughs> and I like that title. It kind of takes the sick, uh, sicko out of it. Sentimental it porno. It's a sentimental porno. It's nice. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I just got to say on my end, I've been quiet this entire time because I'm just getting to know you guys. I'm kind of jealous. I can't wait to meet the rest of you. Uh I, all the times I've had with Adam, and you guys know Adam is just you're awesome, Adam. <laughs> From the moment you first came up here and met us and everything, just the connection with you and seeing what you and Sydney have done together, and now listening to you guys, I love everything. Just hearing you guys talk, I feel like I got to know you a little bit better. I just can't wait to meet you guys in person. I was jealous of their trip to L.A., but you know, work and stuff. But I just want to say I look really forward to meeting you guys in the near future here. Yeah, yeah, likewise. Right at the dead show, maybe. Right back at you. Maybe at the yeah. dead show, yeah. yeah. Yeah, at the dead. Oh, and on that note, too, I was going to add in, even if you can't, would love for you to make it up here, but if you can't, they're playing July 7th at Dodger Stadium. Oh, oh damn. Okay. Well, that might be, I don't know if we're not in Florida playing the next Love You Down that time. Ooh. Oh, there yeah. you go. You have Love You Down in Florida, too? Oh, that's not going to be till August. All right, false alarm. Oh. August. (laughs) (laughs) You ain't getting out of it that easy, man. (laughs) So when does the new album come out? June 6th is the date. And 
Well, but Chris, did you ever say what sentimental porno was? It's been the sixth until the second you said that the other day. There's a lot of moving parts, as you can tell. Uh, it's it's self-published. The- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we are putting it out sometime in early June. And <laughs> there we go. <laughs> it will be... It will be our first full-length album as a band, uh, and yeah, it's really congratulations. Thank you so much. So wait, did I did I see vinyl? Yeah, yeah, baby. (laughs) Tell me about that, because I love it. By the way, so love it. I love watching your head spin with the little (laughs) album cover just going round and round. I love it. Yeah, it's um, our. We've always wanted to, you know, do vinyl with any release that we've done, and we have, so this was like, um, you know, no exception. And we went with a friend back home who plays in a band called Sun Bears that we've played with for years, and he now has a vinyl pressing company, and basically, like, every vinyl is, like, um, a different color and... um, yeah, what else? What other selling points They're on all, here? Okay. There's songs on it. The songs are <laughs> There's grooves on it. It plays music. <laughs> the music's good. That's it. Uh, June 5th, boys. June 5th, we have a final answer on. It's June 5th. Adam has been telling me June 6th for three and a half months now, but now it is June 5th. <laughs> you know what? Time is relative, man. You know, somewhere it really it'll be is. June 6th on June 5th. Who gives a shit? And it's also a loop, which we've already talked about. So Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, guys, thank you for sharing your world with us. I, I'll tell you what, man, like I said before, for me and for anybody listening that hasn't heard Swim, like go listen to them because they will create an atmosphere for you that is different than anything I've heard. And you guys are fucking killing it, man. I'm really, really honored and proud to be here watching it go down well thank you so much that means a lot and it it's very encouraging to hear that from someone so sincere and we really do mean that it it is really nice to hear that so thank you for for having us on here yeah well we love you guys man and i guess our families are intertwined so see each other for the rest of our lives you'll see me as an old crotchety old fart so yeah yeah looking forward to it Right on, guys. Love you, too. Love you so much. Love you, guys. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. See you soon.
dwellers in fear. We've traveled this road before, so we may think. But it's a tad bit of strange similarities that feed an A equal A complex. The fears of your past do not equal the perplexities of the current road. I want to tell you about the April-May 2023 issue of Relics Magazine. It features a Dave Matthews Band cover story with additional articles and interviews with The National, Graham Nash, Wayne Shorter, ALO, Ivan Neville, our friend Eric Krasno and Stanton Moore, Marty Stewart, and much more. Check out the latest version of Relics and subscribe now at relics.com slash DMB. Thanks, Relics. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now.